Hi, this is Asha Saxena. I'm the founder and CEO of Women Leaders in Data and AI. And today I have Himali Kumar, IT Director at AutoZone with me to really have this conversation around AI essentials. We all are talking about generative AI, uh, especially the open AI chat GPT platform and all the other applications that's popping up all around us. And listen, a lot of people say that there's no regulation. Uh, nothing is enforced right now, but there's a lot available online. If you Google it, I mean, IEEE, um, Amazon, uh, Deloitte, all large organization has published, academia has published, um, a lot of uh, frameworks and um, regulations and best practices. So mm -hmm. even though there's not mandatory regulation, I think as leaders and as responsible consumers, mm -hmm. you can look into what is available. How do you feel? Where is the solution? How do you feel that organization can look into this? Yes, so uh, first of all, thank you for Broda. I'm also part of Broda and it really changed my life. Uh, the camaraderie, the, the just raising each other, um, which you get from Broda has been amazing. It's been a life-changing thing for me. Um, going back to the uh, ethics, right? So we have been looking into ethics self-assessment too. And in fact, if you think about it, there is, yes, there is a there is a framework you can look for. There is a tool assessment. You can look for that. I think we happen to look through some UK statistics authority, which has come up with this whole ethics self-assessment tool. It's pretty detailed. You can go to their website and find it. But if you start to look into that ethics self-assessment tool, a lot of us data um, leaders have already been doing it. You know, the big things would jump up is, how are you handling the data privacy? In some cases, like marketing folks will always need um, all of the PII information for reaching out to the customer. So that's a little different segment. But any other segment, you really don't need to use all of the personal information of, of customers to get to any model. So how are we um, protecting the PII data, PCI data, um, health da healthcare data? So how are we protecting that? That's always going to be a big part of it. The second, we talked about the bias, right? So bias, how diverse is our data set? That's also very, very important to, to look at. Um, your model is going to as good as, as the data is going to be, right? Um, so for that, you have to make sure that you're removing the bias. And if you do not remove the bias, you're going to get a, not the right result, but also it may not be ethical as well. So you have to look at it from the both sides of it. And then explainable, there was a big discussion two, three years about how how easy or how clearly you can explain the model which is delivering a particular result. So that explainability, um, not just from the perspective of the model itself, but then what purpose this data is going to be used by, right? So that that's a big one. And then... Um, a lot of data which is being used in these models is generated by applications, the customer-facing applications or even internal applications. But we also see when business users or data analysts or data scientists just get, get the data from external sources. So we have to be really careful about that external source of the data. Are, we, are you allowed to use that data? Um, have you um, declared that this data is that this is the data we are going to use? Um, there is our regulations are coming up. CPRA, remember CCPA was what, two, three years ago from California. Now it's CPRA. It's labeled differently. It has a little bit more instructions on it. GDPR is out there too. So world 
is asking us to be fair, be you know transparent about how we are leveraging data and using it for either the benefit of the organization or the benefit of the customer itself. You know, which is thank God for that. Thank God. I feel like this is really great that organizations are mandating. Uh, and I think uh, that being a good data citizen, it's important that we do that as well, is that, you know, really take the responsibility upon us, not just what is enforced on us. I feel like this is such a great time, Himali, for people like us who've been in the data world for so long that we can actually create an impact. Mm-hmm. As technologists, we enjoy building and creating, but now we are building and creating to create an impact, which will be huge, huge, mm-hmm. not only in our organization, but our customers. Mm-hmm. You know, we spoke a little bit about the customer facing applications. What could th- those be? And how can we make sure that as we continue engaging with our customer, we are doing it in a manner that our customers believe in us, enjoy using and engaging with the technology. And ultimately technology, we say that technology is really there to help mankind become more efficient. And the hope is that AI will improve the efficiency of um, mankind. They also predict that we don't have to do this mundane jobs, administrative jobs. We can think about being more creative. Um, You know, really interesting story. I'm doing a commencement for uh, a graduate school here in New Jersey. And I was writing my commencement speech. And uh, a friend of mine said, oh, just go to ChatGPT. And I said, ChatGPT can give you a very generic answer. When you're speaking from your heart, humans still have to write the speech. I still have to tell my story because my story no one else can tell. So the creative pieces of ChatGPT will never be able to take over the human side. If I want to write a generic email to say, this is the announcement, please come to the town hall of the company, mm-hmm. I can use ChatGPT, which is a mm-hmm. mundane email, very mm-hmm. generic email. But a, a speech in which you're inspiring and motivating somebody from your life story, no one else can create that. So I think there is a huge element of elevated intelligence, which humans will always have while machines are taking over the man- mundane task. I was on a panel discussion with uh, attorneys and the attorney said, I said, he said, they said, what do you, do you worry about chat GPT taking over the legal? Because there's a lot of paperwork, right? Uh, chat GPT or a generative AI can take over or AI can take over. And he said, you know what? I'll be happy that AI takes over those jobs because then we can actually use our brains to do something more, more creative work. So really understanding how we're going to solve a case, we can work on that. But filing the paperwork, let the AI do it. So really, if you think about some people who are worried about how, you know, the jobs will be eliminated, I am am looking personally at the jobs that would be created. You know, those would be more interesting jobs than just the mundane paperwork, right? So I totally agree with you. Human intelligence is at a different level. Don't think or artificial intelligence can get to it. But yes, if it can take over some of the mundane tasks, then it does make um, our life easy. The other example is conversational AI. Um, But during COVID, a lot of us started shopping online. A lot of us moved from retail to online shopping. And then when you open that up, or even um, customer service for, say, any kind of... Our electric supply company, customer service is a big example too. So if customer service is taken care of by conversational AI, 
at least to do the bare minimum work and someone is watching the sentiment of the customer changing and then triggers to a human why not right exactly and that's that's why and i really think that that's why you know uh, our kids or the next generation who's going to go into the workforce it will be a new environment for them which i think is not necessarily bad it will be just different <laughs> there is a lot of uh, opportunities i think for organization as they're taking this journey uh, they they can start from just excelling in collecting the data right uh, you know they say that the companies who will succeed is not the companies who are using the platform like OpenAI, but the companies who have the proprietary data or the right data, and they're asking the right questions and building something out of that. So the question is, how are the organization and the leaders who are listening to this uh, our, our interview can really get inspired to think differently, mm-hmm. think about how they can serve their customer better, how can they be more creative? And this is the time for the data leaders to be innovative and be able to create something that they can bring to front and center of an organization's value prop, which we never really truly had the opportunity to do. Remember those days when we were all, all we are doing is implementing CRMs or ERPs and yeah. struggling with just implementing that right for years and years. And yeah. now we are here, we can use a model, put it out in the public and we can people can use it. So I think this is an exciting time for tech leaders. And the question is, can you continue learning and growing? Can you continue innovating? And can you continue creating an impact? Yeah. But I think uh, what you said about what the leaders can do, we have been talking about data as an asset, data as a cash. We've been talking about this for a while. But if you really want to be successful in implementing generative AI, chat GPT kind of technologies, you really need to start treating data as an asset. Every IT organization should be thinking of that they are not just a cost center, but they're actually producing an asset called as data. I think that piece itself is still missing in many of the organizations where IT is not just creating software or customer-facing applications or even internal applications, but they're actually producing data. And when you start to say that I'm producing data, then you would want to create that data of quality. So those, those little data governance items, which we have never given value to because we have not still consider, considered data as a as an asset or something being produced by IT organizations. The minute you start to say, I produce data, my job is to create data, then you will start to think about, is the data of quality? Is the data findable? Is the data protected, secure? You start to think about all the data governance policy. So if any CEO, CIO, CDO is listening to this conversation, I certainly would like to urge that we start to think about data as an asset being produced by IT organizations. That's going to make a huge difference in how we then finally leverage these tremendous technologies and frameworks. Listen, I think tons of great uh, tidbits here in this interview. I hope uh, the listeners can take something from what we spoke about and be able to implement in their uh, day-to-day life. If you, any one of you have a question around what Himali spoke, feel free to reach out to you. Himali, is that okay if they reach out to you on LinkedIn? Absolutely. And if you have any questions about my book, in, in the book, actually, I talk about the data readiness. I don't know if you can see it. I talk about the readiness framework and I'm happy to talk about the framework I've created 
Um, but I think it's an important journey uh, from having the right uh, readiness, data readiness, because that's the foundation you're creating to build your model. And I would like to vouch for that book, AI Factor. It's full of knowledge, full of stories, full of examples. It's a great read on a plane ride or, or in the back in the porch or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? The way the reason I wrote it like that was also because easy to read for business leaders to understand how to engage with technology leader and technology leaders to understand the language business people use. Easy to understand language so they can have a conversation. So if you're a technologist, you, it's a great read so that you can learn how to communicate with business. If you're a business uh, leader listening to this, understand how to use, you know, uh, and converse with technologists. Thank you so much, Imali. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Asha, for the opportunity. Uh, and and listen, uh, we have, CDO Magazine has these interviews. I think there are tons of great content on CDO Magazine website. Himali, I always enjoy talking to you. I'm so glad we are talking about what we actually enjoy talking about anyway. We do the work. We enjoy this conversation. Thank yeah. you for being here on this show and joining me. Uh, for the listeners, please visit cdomagazine.tech for any additional interviews. There's uh, lots of great content. And with that, um, we'll see you next time, hopefully. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you.